It's like when no, I Kane's know. body yeah. went into a different mm, guy. Yeah. And then we got the ending, but it wasn't the ending then, we wanted. But it didn't mean anything to no. us because that's not Kane. Yeah. That's Glenn from Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 27-year-old actor and artist. I like rooting anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is if you could pick any character that you could see the heaven of that we didn't get to see the heaven of in this episode, who would you pick? Everyone expects me to see to say Dr. Hurdle Jr., which I think would be really funny, and actually, that's totally my answer. But I wanted to give a secondary one because that one was too obvious. It's true. Another one that is maybe potentially just super obvious is I would like to see Charles. Alice's. Oh, Alice. Ah, I we, were going to say Charles. Well, that too. I also want to see that because then I will get to see if Chick is there. Oh my god. Which he probably, which he probably is. But I love that your obsession with Charles is entirely because of your own fictionalization. I made him. him up. Yeah. It's okay. Um, he's an OC of mine. <laughs> okay, but like he is. But I want to see Alice's because obviously we want to see if FP is there and then Charles will also be there. It'll be good. That's what I want to say. I really love that you're like an honorary MILF apologist. I really love that about about you. Yeah. You know? It, it feels organic. It feels like our influence has taken such stronghold. It's just if, it's like, you know, I, I like Jopper just as much as the next person, but like, FP and Alice really did it for me, you know? Oh, you ne- you never forget your first, like, oh moment when it comes to a middle-aged OTP. Which was episode 208. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, my name is Brittany Ray, and I'm a 32-year-old artist and writer. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interested in talking about my cat. And the person whose heaven I'd want to see... Honestly, my instinctual answer was Cheryl, but I guess she's kind of created her own mm. heaven now. So, or something. Yeah, I would love to see Tabitha's. Oh, yeah. I think that'd be really cool. I'd love to see, like, what Pops looks like to Tabitha uh-huh. in heaven. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think my answer is Tabitha. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so today we have words to say about episode 501 of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh I For a second, I was like, this girl is not looking at the right dog. Witches of Riverdale. <laughs> you know what? And I, I prepared that joke last night, and I was like, this is either going to bomb or it's going to go over well. I think it was somewhere in the middle. I wish you guys could have seen my face, because I was like, she's like, what are you talking about? Do you lost your mind? And then, because <laughs> the thing that confused me was the number. I was just like... Queen, that already happened. Like, I know, I don't, right? What are you even talking about? Did they only have four seasons? Yeah, they Why had. Why does it like, feel like it went so long? Because they had four parts and they released them really slowly. Oh, I see. Um, so I guess it's technically part five of yeah. <laughs> Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Right. And um, the reason I feel justified in saying this, not only because of the plot, but because Roberto wrote this episode. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know. <laughs> We'll tell you, we'll tell you what, what we think, but, uh, so the title of this episode, um, could be a reference to the Witches of East Wick, the Witches of New York, or the Witches of East End. Um, the Witches of East End Maidchen was in, it was a TV show that Maidchen was in, but the most popular of those things is the Witches of East Wick. It was a 1987 American dark fantasy comedy film directed by George Miller and starring Jack Nicholson alongside Cher, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Susan Sarandon. The film is based on a novel of the same name. And it tells the story of three women who are unaware of the power of the words they speak. As they each tell of their deepest desires, a man arrives just in time and fulfills them. But he has a dark side of his own. Oh, it's Shakespeare. Like from the Scottish play? Yeah. Doesn't it kind of sound... It does. It absolutely does. Scottish play adjacent? Yeah, for sure. I feel like it's 
absolutely blasphemous that I have not seen that film. It looks good. It is I mean, good. It is? Yeah. yeah. My yeah. wife is here. Before we go into Thoughts on Listeners or Tudor Boot, uh, we wanted to once again thanks, thank Blanche for uh, for pinch hitting for Brittany. Uh, oh my god, episode. thank you so much, dude. I really appreciate it. And Robin had nothing but amazing things to say, mm-hmm. so I think it's safe to say you knocked it out of the park. Is there anything that you wanted to say about last episode that you didn't get the chance to because you weren't on the pod? Um, that it was homophobic that they made Cheryl officiate. Mm. Um, it wasn't homophobic, actually, no. Was it homophobic to me, someone who is a Shoney truther? Yeah! Um, and that's what I have to say, other than, wow! Yeah. <laughs> wow. But I, I think in terms of bonkers, uh, this episode might have stolen last episode's thunder. Wow. Uh, I, yeah. I honestly, and this is a huge statement, I think that this episode might have been the most insane episode of Riverdale so far. Like, of the amount Probably. of things that happened where I was like, what? Like, my, I gasped several times. At, mo- at many points, I sat there and went, Robin, why are we still watching this? Uh-huh. And I think that's a good marker of how insane, how off the rails the show has gone. Because I have a problem with completionism, and um, it's almost over, so we have to finish well, it. because it's part, like, the thing is, when I watch it, I'm like, I don't want to talk about this, the show is too stupid, and then I get talking about it, and I'm like, no, this is too funny to yeah, not Yeah, I have so about. much to say. Like, I actually have a billion things to say, so yeah. sorry. Let's go to Thoughts from Listeners. We got a couple of messages on Tumblr, and we had had this whole thing about how, like, why people were dying when they weren't first born. So, for example, Jughead and Kevin and Tabitha, potentially. Yeah. Um, which some of those were answered this episode. Um, but this is from Sapphic Serpent Queen on Tumblr. Excellent username. Just listened to the podcast and loved it. I, this is from last, last episode, obviously. Of course. I just have a few thoughts on the death of the firstborn saga. For the whole Jughead dying thing, I think either his poisoning from the burger gave him such bad indigestion that he died, or the shock of seeing his alternate self did it. Also, technically, Josie is Kevin's step-sibling, so there's that. I don't know if that counts, but, I mean, you know, they, they explained why Kevin wasn't. Yeah. I don't even trust that was the writers, like, even remember that Jughead isn't the oldest, but, like, uh-huh. yeah. the, the, the shock is a good one. Mm-hmm. The implication that Josie is older than him and therefore is just out on tour somewhere, like, that's well, terrible. Yeah, well, they, that's why they, they had said that I, I, and I had completely missed this the first time I watched, so I had a million questions the whole time. Yeah. But in one of the first scenes, they say, oh, that's why he didn't kill every firstborn in Riverdale and only this few people. <laughs> And I was like, oh, when I was rewatching it this morning, I was like, that would have been important to have listened to, Robin. You probably talked through that line. Actually, yes, you did. Yeah. Because I recall this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think Charles isn't dead, even though most of my notes while I was watching was, is Charles dead? Robin said, I will hyperfixate on this man. Yeah. I will. She also said, and finally, if Tabitha doesn't have a sibling, Raphael could have protected her, which definitely would make sense. And of I course, think given this episode, you yeah. can assume that's correct. We saw the Raphael, but I just think it's weird that they had a whole conversation about why Kevin wasn't killed when he was a firstborn, but they didn't talk about why Tabitha wasn't killed if she was a firstborn. It's kind of weird, but either way. Okay, great. I'm Thank you. i roll with it. Yeah, you have great points. I appreciate it. And then we had an anonymous thing because we had talked about like where Drake had gone, <laughs> you know, like what happened after that. Probably I mean, she's back still working with- Still working with Betty and everything, right? So uh, we got an anonymous message that said, apparently Sophia, who plays Agent Drake, clarified that she would be in one more episode this season. So we will see her one more time, I guess. So when Barchi break up and Veronica makes her move and Betty realizes that she's a fruit? So far, there is no no indication that we are losing Barchi, but... What are you talking about? They literally had a thing at the end of the episode that said that incentivized Veronica to go after Archie. Sure, for sure. But like Betty and Archie seem extremely very happy together. Also, that's Archie's true. ideal 
Mm-hmm. Heaven is married to Betty. I wrote that down as well, that, like, literally it's like, okay, but doesn't that speak for something? Like, it still needs to be a consensual relationship. I feel relationship. like the first true Archie comics moment that we've had in a long time was that conversation between mm-hmm. Tabitha and Veronica. Because then it's like, Ronnie scheming to break Barchie up mm-hmm. is a true Archie comics thing. You know? Yeah. So do you want to give this episode a tutor a boot? This one's really hard. Okay, so here's the thing. In terms of quality of television, it's a boot, obviously, because it's... Because what? Because it's not a good show. (laughs) It's not a good episode. But in terms of Riverdale, I would give it a toot closer to a newt, just Mm -hmm. because I was entertained. I was shaking my head the entire time. It was stupid, but it was stupid affectionate. Mm -hmm. So I am going to give it a Riverdale toot. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a toot, too, but like... Not in the same way that I've given previous episodes toots, you know? Like, it was kind of like, there were several times in which I gasped, I screamed with laughter at many po- at many points, yeah. and it was kind of just an episode where I was like, this might as well happen. Yeah, it was- it, Okay, sure. Like, as I've said before, and because I have a degree in screenwriting, it, it needs to be clarified that Riverdale is not a well-written show, and I am qualified to say such a thing. As both a former screenwriter and a professional critic, Riverdale is not a well-written show. However, it is a show that I think at this point knows what it is. And so it leans into its campier strengths. Yeah. And when it knows to do that, I have to give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. And so with this episode especially, was it a good episode of television? No, none of them really are, except for the Midnight Club, which I think it was very well structured. But this one was... It was entertaining enough, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It was entertaining enough. What You know, you go back and forth of Sabrina going back and forth and saying, oh, well, we can't do this. Oh, well, we can't do this. Oh, well, I have I have bled B and C and D and E. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But it was a toot in terms of it was entertaining. Yeah. I think it's like <laughs> at this point, they've gotten me used to the supernatural stuff, but like it just kept going farther and farther and farther. And I was like, okay. This is a bit much. Yeah. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina was canceled. You know, like Riverdale was Riverdale and that's why it keeps getting more seasons. So if we could keep it being Riverdale, please, that would be great. I think Roberto as a showrunner, as a creative and as a writer was more passionate about Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and about the supernatural aspects of that show. And I think that a lot of what has happened with Riverdale is his way of trying to replace what they lost creatively. Yeah. And I don't think it's unfair to say that because Riverdale was not supernatural before Sabrina was canceled. Yeah. So, and I mean, we have always wanted it to be a little bit weirder. Yeah. But in this one, it was just like, like, wow, this is a lot of plot leaps all at once. I was okay with it when it was Riverdale or when it was Rivervale because it was like an alternate universe. But I'm like, oh boy. (laughs) Because now everyone has superpowers, but sometimes the superpowers don't work and there's not a lot of logic to Mm -hmm. it. But, um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. But I'll take it for what it is. So as for the things that you need to know if you didn't watch the episode, I think that the main thing you need to know is that at the end, all the people who died are back. Okay? Yeah. That's the main thing you need to know. I don't want to spoil you on anything else because... We are going to talk to you about it. Because we're going to talk to you about it. And I just want you to know that this episode maybe has the most twists and turns. And I look forward to hearing if anybody was like, wow, these girls must be making this up. Yeah. Because that's how insane it is. And I just want you to know that 
we're not. Like, we're not lying to you. This is what happened. Listen, Roberto said, they sold my show on a network for a dollar. I'm going to do whatever I want now. Yeah. I'm just and a like, part of me respects it. <laughs> I'm just like, I guess do whatever you want because now you have literally one season left. Like, Nothing they've to told lose. you when, it, when that's the end. Yep. You have, you know, you don't have to worry about being renewed anymore. So I guess he's just doing whatever he wants. I just hope that he is able to end the show in a way that still feels true to the show that we fell in love with in season two. And I, I, I hope that as well. I, yeah. I won't expect it, but I can, I will hope for it. Yeah. 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 Well, let's get started. Okay. So I did the first half. Um, once again, we couldn't really do storylines because they all kind of go together. I apologize to the person who recently did our survey from several years ago who said that they really liked that we did it storyline by storyline and not chronological, and we have hardly been able to do that recently, but, so I apologize to that person in particular. If it helps, um, we also prefer to do it storyline I do by prefer story to line. do it storyline by storyline, absolutely. Um, alright, so I did the first half here. Alright, so, uh, we see, um, the girls who didn't die at this gravesite, the cemetery that seemed to be right beside Thorn Hill. And so it seems like we've buried because they're not actually uh, dead. We've buried them all, like, in the same sort of place, because we see a gravestone with, like, a crown on it for Jughead and everything. And Nana Rose's gravestone is amazing. It's, like, pink marble. Yeah. And it's beautiful. However, and maybe because Cheryl and Veronica and co. have, like, big, big money so they can, like, expedite these things, the fact that this gravestone was ready in two days means that it was, like, already prepared. I would believe that of the take blossoms. a really long time. I would believe that of the blossoms. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the, the Jughead one, I'm just like, was that prepared from when he, like, died in season four or what? Like, I know, you know, they didn't think about this, but I'm just like... Is that all you're thinking about? Is yes, that I'm just like... I'm like, gravestones don't take a really long time to do. Not really. Not with today's technology. I guess my grandfather died in 2012 and he didn't get a gravestone for months. Jesus, really? Yeah, that's how long it took. Huh. I you think with like CNC stone cutters, it'd be I mean, that was faster. 10 years ago. So maybe. Fair but, enough. Yeah. We see Betty in sunglasses even on overcast days. Um, oh God, that was funny. And I genuinely, I should have known better, but I genuinely was like, oh my God, they, they killed Nana Rose. <laughs> they did it. She's dead. I can't believe it. We they finally she was, did it. Wow. They finally got the old bitch. You know, because I, for some reason I was like, her body is under there. Cause why else would they have a gravestone? But, but also wouldn't she it. be in the Blossom Mausoleum instead? Yeah, I don't know. But I also thought that maybe they would actually kill Nana Rose because she died in Rivervale and it kind of seems like they're bringing back Rivervale, especially with the title of next week's episode. Yeah. And it says on it, Beloved Grandmother, Blossom Family Matriarch. And uh, so Jughead in the voiceover explains that Archie, Tony, Fangs, poor little Dagwood, Nana Rose, and Jughead all died. Yeah, they were like, we killed a baby. And then just didn't bring it up again! And like, I know that they didn't kill Charles, because uh -huh. they killed, I guess, a very small amount of people. Sure. But- no one brings up the fact that Jughead is not the firstborn. Because they didn't at all the that, entire bro. time. It they bothers didn't me remember a lot. that, bro. It bothers me a lot. So Percival and Frank show up and they're like, "We hate you. Why are you here? You killed them." And Veronica's like, "Anthony was just a baby." And of course, we know that Anthony's not dead. So that's immediately the point where I'm just like, "Oh, okay. So Got there's a it. it's a it's a plot. It's a ruse. It's a ruse." Um, and Percival, instead of being like, hey, sorry, he literally was just like, okay, bye, we'll leave you to your grieving, and just like, I'm like, well, no, so why sorry, did you come? Why did sorry you show I up? Sorry I killed a baby. 
So they talk about how to misdirect and how all of the bodies are in the morgue, but they have a plan. And we see Dr. Curdle Jr. eating his little sandwich lunch, which was, I was just tickled pink by. I just absolutely love Dr. Curdle Jr. What kind of sandwich do you think it was? Oh, um, cold cut. I was thinking something gross, like, and uh, this is my own bias, but it's gotta be something smelly like tuna, right? However, uh, he is eating on his autopsy table. Don't you have a desk? No. That does not seem like the best place to eat food. (laughs) It's probably really clean, though. I hope so. (laughs) That's so gross! So Alice reports that the deaths were because of a serpent and ghoulie thing that happened at the wedding. Okay, all the ghoulies are dead, though. Yeah. Yeah. And also Dagwood wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, And now there was Jughead. I love that Alice apparently has, like, lost her grandson. Yeah, and it's just like, anyway, yeah. 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 And so they didn't kill every firstborn in Riverdale, just the relevant ones. Um, she says that the names haven't been released and Tabitha says, oh yeah, because it would be too hard to explain hundreds or thousands of deaths. So, okay, it was just these people. That's it. So they talk about how Sabrina will be here soon, but they only have three days to bring them back and it's already been two and a half days. So Sabrina, where are you? They say they don't think that Percival knows what's up, but they talk about why Anthony survived and it's weird because he's like the main target. And Betty points out that Kevin should have died too, which we talked about last episode. And, uh, I'm still wondering about Tabitha's mystery sibling, um, that no, that everybody seems to know about except for me. So Kevin thinks that the reason why he didn't die is because he's going to be punished by Percival. So he's gonna, he tells Betty that he's gonna run away to New York because he's putting in every, everybody in danger just being here. And he says that Moose is already there in New York. Kevin, if you were going to be punished by Percival, tough shit, you know, you know. I started liking Kevin again last episode um, because, you know, everybody else forgave him. And like I said, uh, you know, that I don't want to forgive him, but it sure does make me make me sort of That's do it fair. anyway. Because everyone else is in better standing with him. And then this episode when he like uses his tether to go against Percival and it's like all of his friends. I'm just like, Kevin! It's, I, I just think that I'll probably never forgive Kevin yeah. for the classism that he weaponized to try and attack Tony and Fangs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I definitely, like, yeah. am still mad at him about that, because especially, like, he wasn't even being charm-spoken for all of that. Exactly. But but the show respect is, like... Respect where respect is due. Yeah. He did eventually do something. Yeah. And the show is making everybody else forgive him, which makes me want to forgive him, but I don't want to forgive him. Oh, you are susceptible to the writer's charms. Yes. So, Reggie, I guess, has been gone for obviously has been gone for the past few episodes. And so they explain it by saying that he was in Rome and was <laughs> and was bringing back the daggers of Megiddo. I Googled that and all I could find were like things from, from like fan Wikipedias, but it seems to be that you use them to kill the Antichrist. And I'm like, isn't that you, Percival? Well, yeah, because if he has the weapons that are able to kill the Antichrist, then no one else can go get them. But then later when Reggie steals one... Eyeball emoji. Yeah, maybe not his wisest move. Yeah. So he's like, did you have fun in Rome? And Reggie's like, well, I did, but then I got home and all my friends are dead. So. So I don't feel great about it. And Percival's like, oh yeah, that's sad. Um, anyway, but Veronica is so sad about like Archie and stuff. We can make you the CEO of the, of the casino. Officially. And I'm like, what? Like, how did Veronica let this happen? Like, even if she was grieving, she would never let that happen. Like, huh? And he said it was like a secret meeting between the, okay, but. Isn't Veronica like still up? Doesn't she? How is that legal? Couldn't she just breathe on them? Yeah, or something. (laughs) Yeah. So Mary called to ask about Archie, who's literally dead. Mary, Um, my love! Um, and they, like, stalled her and were like, yeah, he'll call you back, or, like, something, I don't know. And so Veronica asks where their souls are, and Heather says that Sabrina calls it the sweet hereafter, 
which was the name of the season one finale of Riverdale. Mm -hmm. So that's relevant. Uh, And that's what they should have called this episode. Like, I know that they already have an episode named The Sweet Hereafter, but they should have called it The Sweet Hereafter Part Part 2. Part (laughs) 2. Or something. Um, but Part when two, I, this time there's witches. When I googled it, The Sweet Hereafter is a 1997 Canadian drama film. Okay, I don't think that's correct. But like, where did where did the term Sweet Hereafter came, come from then? I have no idea. And what did they what what did it mean in season one? You gotta ask Roberto. I don't it's religi- know. It's, it's a religious term. Oh, for heaven. Well, why didn't it come up when I googled it? Sorry, excuse us. I did, in fact, uh, I was, in fact, forced to go to Catholic school, but I learned and retained nothing. So on the Riverdale wiki page for the season one finale, it says the episode's title comes from the 1997 Canadian drama film of the same name, but the title is also a reference to the recurring, like, is not posthumously, but, like, previously, like, the finale, the season one finale came out (laughs) before Sabrina, Mm-hmm. So they called it the Sweet Hereafter after they had named the season one finale. Yeah. So it's like, it is still, it is also kind of a reference to the afterlife in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Okay. But like, it's after they had done that. Yes. So we go into each of the Sweet Hereafters that we see. Archie's is that he's married to Betty with two kids who are, it's the kids who played like the younger versions of themselves and their names are Polly and Fred. <laughs> And, uh, Polly has straight A's, but Fred is, like, just okay and only does well in music and gym, just like, just like his pop. Just like his old man. And Archie says, that's okay, same. I think that's actually a great parenting moment. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, not all kids will thrive in structured school environments. Yeah. Uh, and also Vegas is alive here. I love this. If I was Bingo, I'd be like, okay, well, you could have two dogs, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, a Bingo was my name but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Could not stop myself. And so, uh, Blanche, uh, messaged me about this today and said, I wish that they had had a line about Fred in the heaven scenes. Like, if Betty was like, your dad's coming over for dinner later. I thought <gasps> that would have been really sweet. Yeah! Like, especially since Vegas was there and Vegas was alive, it would have been nice to talk about how Fred was also alive. Just a little bit, you know? Yeah. Especially since Rivervale, Archie, that was his entire motivation yeah so we go to Jughead's heaven and he's in that classic pops in the sky from the 100th episode and he is a famous comic book author and his comic books are called the Madhouse Glads so please excuse me while I read from a, a very important Wikipedia article all right Archie's Madhouse was a comic book magazine published by Archie Comics from 1959 to 1982 in the late 1960s, the comic went through a major overhaul, overhaul due to the impact of hippies, mods, and rock and roll on popular culture. Clyde did it, originally a mascot and occasionally in featuring within the comics, originally had an, uh, that's talking about what he looks like. The series was renamed Madhouse Mad, starting with issue 66. At this point, Clyde and his friends took over the series and it became more of the typical style that Archie used in the early 1970s. Clyde was given a more clean cut appearance and black hair. He and his gang continued into Madhouse Glass which started with issue 73. At this time, Clyde and his three brothers, Dippy did it, Dick did it, and Dan did it, had a teenage band called the Madhouse Glads. Oh my god. Which somewhat resembled the monkeys. Clyde played the drums while the other three each played a guitar. Other characters included the brother's frustrated father, Mr. Did It, a narcissistic fashion-obsessed mod known as Rod the Mod Roman, Bippy the Hippie, a weird freaked-out hippie, the band's crazed groupie, Fran the Fan, who dated both Clyde and Rod, and Fran's blonde friend, Annette. As the series progressed, Dippy and Dan were relegated to supporting roles, while Fran and Rod grew in prominence. Dick, however, being Clyde's best friend, remained as involved in the storylines as ever until the gang was dropped from the series. So, later, when we, uh, when the person who, like, comes up to Jughead is, is named Fran, when we watched, we were like, oh, that's so oh. weird that their name's Fran, where did that even come from? It's because that's Fran the fan from the comics. That's really cool. Yes. And then when we're looking at the comics, 
Um, we see Clyde and Rod, like, their names are said out loud on the comic pages that we see. Yeah. And then we also see Fran. So it's interesting that he wrote in this character Fran, and then later the person's like, I am Fran, which is a little bit weird, but it's a cute little That's a really nice throwback. Yeah. So Fangs and Tony's heaven is shared. They share their heaven because they're together in their heaven. It's very sweet. And they have the Ghoulies and the Serpents sign a peace treaty so that um, there's no more war between them. And Anthony, for some reason, is a full teen slash adult. Yeah, not sure why this happened, but I'm not mad at it. When did you have this baby? You guys look so young. I know, they don't even question it. They're right, like, they're oh, just yeah, like, yeah, this, here's our adult this son. This is our adult son. <laughs> yeah, and he's in love with Timmy the Ghoulie Prince, which uh, reminded me of Kevin and Joaquin. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so their heaven includes their son being gay, <laughs> which is relatable. I think that's adorable. Yeah. They're just like, Cheryl, we can't come back to the living world. What if our son isn't gay in that world? They're a little LGBT family. <laughs> yeah. So back in regular Riverdale, uh, Kevin is packing. He's got his like picture of Anthony that he's bringing. And Tom Keller and Frank show up and stop him. And there are so many points when Keller is being like really crappy that I'm like, Keller, wake up. This is your son. You're, yeah. you're like, how insane must the hold that Percival has on the other adults be for Tom Keller to be like, sure, you can execute my son using a guillotine. I know, right? Like, Okay. He's just there and he's just like, lock him up. Like, what? It, it sure is hilarious. What? So Reggie calls Marty and says, hey, come back to the, C- uh, to the casino. I'm the CEO now. And we see that he like now has a portrait up. And I'm still just like, how did this happen? Where's Veronica? Like, I know that she's busy doing something else, but I'm also like... She, like, she just wouldn't let this happen. She's busy in another plot line, okay? And then in the trailer, she's just like, what is happening at this casino? And I'm like, um... um well, someone stole it. Yeah, so what? What? So Sabrina shows up, and she's like, hi, sorry, I'm late. And I'm like, why did you write in her being late? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. like, cause it need, cause there needed to be stakes for it to be like, yeah. this really, they really didn't have very much time, I guess. So she says, hi, everyone. Nice to meet you. I specialize in death magic. And she explains, like, how she died and how Nick sacrificed himself to bring her back. And then she says that being resurrected made her specialize in necromancy, but Nick is still dead. And I'm like, okay, so you're just basically telling me, like, what if I, what if I didn't watch Serena, which I didn't. Spoilers. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, 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 I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Sabrina showed up and I was like, right, okay, so this is her episode now. Got yeah, it. got it. So I'm like, okay, this is all information that I need, I guess. And so she says we need at least six witches and they already have three, which is Cheryl, Heather, and Sabrina, but we need to make Betty, Tabitha, and Veronica also witches. And they already kind of have powers. So we're good there, I guess. I, I mean, I guess it's sort of like, I was half going to question like, you know, the established supernatural logic and like mm-hmm. the rules of how witches come to be, but it, you know what? No, I'm not going to. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. This, a, a lot of this episode was kind of just like, sure. <laughs> you yeah. know? So the steps are that they need to sign their name in a book of witchcraft with their, and they're just going to use the Malificarum for that. And I'm like, there are blank pages in the Malificarum for you to just do this. Like, it's not an instruction book. It's not a spell book. It's like, it's like a. Also, didn't you have to sign your name in the book of the beast? Yeah, but they didn't have that. That's what I remember. I watched the whole first season of Chilling Adventures. And then I think I watched part of the second season too. Oh, I don't think I did. Yeah, but I, I think. I guess, I guess you get to choose your own yeah. book. That's I guess so. possible. Well, because later when the psychopomps come back, I remember that from season one. Mm-hmm. But I don't really, re- I didn't really remember what they did. So I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm really along for the ride with a lot of like what they say or the established rules here. A lot of the stuff with Sabrina. I mean, I don't want to spoil what happens uh, with 
Sabrina and her relationship. So let's talk about this after yeah. when the psycho pumps actually show up. But so they also have to do a pledge to Hecate, and then they all do a little dance. Why? Why? What? What is the dance? I part? thought it was cute. I like that they had a minute that, where they all just like. Is that long. actually one of the steps? I think so. It's, she made it seem like it was actually yeah. one of the steps, and I was like. Listen, it's real cute, but, like, you guys are, like, smiling and laughing. All, your family members, your friends and family are dead. <laughs> but Please. you know what? May I also argue that sometimes when you're in high-stress situations, you need a little moment like that. I guess so. And so they all cheers with Veronica's absence because they're all witches now. So they're going to do a trial run with one person just to make sure that they can do it before trying it on everybody else. And so everyone else who stays here that aren't Sabrina and Betty who are going to go to the morgue and pick out a body, um, everyone else make a portal. Yeah. Just can you just make a, can you make just, a portal? Just make a portal. Yeah. And everyone's like, okay. okay. And I'm like, and it works how, somehow. Uh, how do you make a portal? I guess Heather was there, so she was able to help. But. That's true. So Serena tells them what their plan is and everything. And then she's like, okay, Betty, do you have your own broom or do you want to come with me? And then she winks and there's like a ding. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. It's, but I'm also it's like charming and it's goofiness. I'm like, I'm like, hey, uh, how'd you get the body back on the broom? Did you take a car then? Was this reminds this no, this literally <laughs> reminds me of this amazing thing that they're doing for Hocus Pocus too. Mm-hmm. You know how um, Mary was on a vacuum in the first movie, like she wrote a vacuum for a broom. Okay, in the next one, she's on Roombas. Right. <laughs> so it's like maybe they just flew Roombas there. I don't yeah. know. Who knows. I wonder if they were like, oh, actually, we brought a broom here. Dr. Hurdle Jr., can you bring your, what's it called, the thing that, the car that carries bodies specifically? A hearse. A hearse. A hearse. Dr. Hurdle Jr., can you bring your hearse? And he's like, sure. <laughs> and then it flies. Yeah. And then the um, license plate on the back says DCJ. D. Curdy. No. Uh, uh, Curdy Jr. That's what it says. Oh, that. no. Curdy Jr. It's that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he has a vanity plate. I just believe that. So Marty and Reggie are playing at the casino and Marty is winning, but then he has like a, his heart kind of hurts. And so Reggie wants to stop, but Marty says it's fine. Mm-hmm. That's that scene. They get to the morgue with Dr. Curdle Jr. And she's deciding between Jughead and Archie. And she's like, they're both cute, but I think I'm going to choose this one and chooses Jughead. I'm like, they're both cute. They're dead. <laughs> yeah, but she was really deciding something else. I know, but I'm also just like, I'm sorry, but Fangs is also an option. Okay, I exactly. I know he's Fangs married, but he's really cute too. But I guess Jughead looks the most like her current, her like, or her boyfriend. So yeah, whatever. Everyone listening who didn't watch the episode is like, what is that? What's, have to what's do happening? With yeah, you'll see. So, but but she was basically like choosing who she wanted to like kiss up on, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm also like, that's my friend Jughead. She was He's like, with Tabitha. I Go away. Cole's bros. So she says, okay, talking about Jughead, says that she loves Jughead's name, which was probably one of my favorite moments where she was just like, great name. Great yeah. name, Jughead. Great name. She's like, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to explain to Jughead, but it might not work because the dead have to want to come back, which is weird because then later she's just like, well, we can rip them. From heaven. Yeah. Or whatever, right? And I'm like, okay. No, we literally go through this whole thing just to be told at the end that there actually was a solution they could have done the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Tabitha just asks Sabrina to tell Jughead that she misses him and she says she will. It's very sweet. So everyone other than Sabrina speaks in Latin and Sabrina wheels Jughead into the portal. And we're at... Heaven Pops. Heaven Pops! And we see, like, the Archie and Me comics and the Betty and Me comics and there are Betty and Veronica comics. It's, like, all the comics, but Jughead wrote The Madhouse Glass. All my favorite ones from when I was a kid. And Sabrina comes in and she looks like comic Sabrina. Yes, she does. Really cool. She's got the bangs. I love that. So she comes over to Jughead. She says, can I sit? And he's like, of course you can. Are you a fan of my work? And she's just like, anyway. (laughs) She doesn't even answer. Well, I guess I'm a fan of your face. Yeah. Hmm. 
Uh, you got kind of a weird outfit going on here, but that's okay, so do I. Yeah, we'll make it work. Hi, I'm Sabrina. Um, Jughead says that he doesn't want to go back, and she's like, okay, well, Tabitha misses you, and he's like, uh, I miss her too, but I died. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I am, I am very much dead, and it's cool here, so. Sabrina says, but you're not done, we need you in the final battle, and Jug's like, no, uh, this is the perfect place, I have burgers and comics, and I can hear again, and I look forward to seeing Tabitha again, but I'm literally supposed to die anyway, and I don't really want to do it again. I get it. fair. I get it. So she's like, what can I do to convince you? He says, nothing. I want to stay here. So she says, okay, can I ask a favor? And what a favor it was. Oh my god. What a favor it was. Y'all, when she says, can I ask a favor, she really meant a big favor. Yeah. So we see Kevin locked in the vault of the Babylonium. And I guess Percy heard that it was a very secure room and said, bet, this is my room now. And now just puts people in there constantly. That's where they live now. He says that Kevin is weak. And he charms speaks to Kevin to hear what the plan is, but then Kevin thinks of his friends and is able to resist. Which Finally! Is nice. And Percy calls him Piggy, which was from one of his insecurities a couple of episodes ago. About oh, because the there's nothing like a fat joke. Right. Enough! So Sabrina comes back out with Jughead, and Tabitha goes and cries and hugs him, and oops, it's not Jughead. It's not, no. It's, it's cool. Nick! Yeah. Okay, Sabrina <laughs> used Jughead's body to bring back her own boyfriend. Because apparently he was stuck in the suite hereafter or something. Yeah. And uh, whatever happened in Sabrina, they were like, well, we need to wrap this up narratively and we've got this show that's on the air. Yeah. So let's do it in Riverdale. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of what Jughead's thought process was. Was it like, well, somebody should use my body if I'm not using it. And so that'd be a nice thing. But also in my mind, I'd be, he'd be like, Wow, this sure is going to hurt Tabitha, you know? Yeah. Like, Tabitha's really upset about it, understandably. It actually really bums me out how little anyone seems to have thought about Tabitha's feelings. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm going to be completely honest, Jughead not really thinking that much about Tabitha's feelings bums me out. Yeah. So Tabitha's like, you stole my boyfriend's body. And Jughead says, what's up, ladies? And And Betty's like, yeah. Yeah, that's not Jughead. That's not Jughead. Jughead would rather die than say, what's up, ladies? Um, So yeah, that makes sense. So now, when I say Nick for the rest of the time, just it, know that it has Cole's, Cole's face. Yeah. But I did ask Blanche because uh, she has seen the, uh, has seen Sabrina. Mm-hmm. And I asked her what she thought about all the stuff that happened. Ooh, I'd love to know the answer. I wish my Discord would work. I said, do you think the Sabrina stuff was satisfying or important as someone who watched the whole show? And she said, I think so. I really enjoyed it and it was cool that they brought Nick back. I thought Cole did a really good job playing him. There you go. Like, to me, it was just like, Cole is a slightly more chill Jughead. But I guess that is what Nick really was like, so... Hmm. That's great. Sabrina says, yeah, Jughead said no thanks to coming back, so I borrowed him his body. And she's like, I asked him first. I mean, he can't So it should be fine. But we need Nick's help because he's also a necromancer. And how convenient. So that's helpful. And she's like, okay, well, everyone else has to do the other ones because they don't know me and it really didn't work out for Jughead. So Sabrina's the only one who tried with Jughead and then later Tapitha's like, I couldn't do it. So I'm like, if someone had actually gone to talk to him who he actually like knew and cared about, would it have worked? I don't know. Here's the thing. If it had been Betty, it would have worked. Yeah. Whoopsies. Not because I am a bughead shipper because I don't really care. Mm Mm-hmm. But because that bond is just so deep. Yeah. You know? And long. And technically, they're step-siblings. So... Or they share a half- they share a half-brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just- I think it would have worked if it was Betty. Yeah. But Roberto was like, I cannot give the bugheads anything. (laughs) Betty's not even allowed in there. Can't even give it to the Barchies. So, Sabrina says she's going to summon Charon, and I know who that is because I've read Percy Jackson. And he's basically the guy who 
He's a ferryman. Yeah, he he rows the boat in the River Styx and takes you to the underworld. Valhalla. Hades. Oh, ah, now I am seeing where the Bards of the Dead came from. In, uh, in Klingon lore, there is sort of the exact same thing. Where, like, the souls of the damned go to Stovokor on a barge of the dead. That's the same thing. What is Stovokor? Basically Klingon hell. Okay. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Yeah. So Sabrina's like, okay, but here's the deal is that we actually have to, they won't let you in heaven if you are if you haven't died. Is it Klingon hell or Klingon heaven? I'm gonna be thinking about this for a while. Keep going. So unfortunately, we're gonna have to kill you and then resurrect you? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So they have to kill all of the main characters. Yeah. And, and it doesn't go wrong. It doesn't, really no. Really enough. So Cheryl says that she's going to go for Tony Fangs, Dagwood, and Nana Rose. So she has, like, you know, the hard job and Cheryl's, everybody else gets one. Cheryl's got a lot of work to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, and, of course, if Betty was actually going in, she could probably also go for Dagwood, I think. Tabitha is going to go for Jughead and Betty's going to go for Archie. But then Nick and Sabrina are like, mm, actually, we're getting a weird vibe off you, Betty. Um, do you have, like, a curse or something? And it turns out that Betty can't go because she's the harlot of Babylon. And they're like, oh, yeah, you wouldn't actually be allowed in heaven, so... And I'm like, uh, you know, and Betty's like, oh, of course. And I'm just like, um, are, did you literally just tell Betty that she's never going to get to heaven? Like, is this forever? I, no, I think that's one of the things that they're going to have to, like, deal with is right. the curse on Betty. I hope so, because, like, man, I'd be like, okay, well, guess I have nothing to look forward to after I die, because I'm just going to hell, I guess. No, I think that's one of the things that they're going to address. Yeah, they're going to, like, dispel that Yes. Curse. Great. Yeah, they have to ditch the curse. So they're like, is anybody else able to do Archie? And Betty herself points to Veronica. And I loved that moment. I love that. Betty's like, actually, thank God I can't go. I don't really want to die. Yeah. So go ahead, Ronnie. And Veronica's like, okay, this might as well happen. Yeah. Sure. Percival goes to Reggie and tells him that he needs to uh, murder Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) He tells him he needs to kill Kevin as an example for everyone else who is going against him. It's so funny. And Reggie's like... No, like I've known Kevin since we were little, like we're friends. I'm I'm not going to do that. And Percy says, well, if you do, I will give your dad Kevin's heart and then your dad will live for longer. And because I know, like, oh, bet. I know that your dad is having troubles. I know that he needs a miracle. And oh, wait, that's what I'm offering. Yeah. So you should do it. Yeah. And so now Reggie has a little bit of a dilemma to work with here. Poor Reg. So the girls who are getting murdered are <laughs> lying on the ground. <laughs> And they say, it won't hurt, it'll just feel like sleep. Cheryl says she's kind of excited because, like, no one gets to say they died and came back. And Veronica's like, uh, this is Riverdale. Yes, they do. Have you met anyone from Riverdale lately? And so Nick does an incantation to bring Charon. Do they say, do they call him Charon in the, I think, I I don't know. I've always pronounced it Charon, though. Okay. And they put silver coins on their eyes, which is very Coraline. And the ferryman comes in and he collects the coins. And when I tell you, they quite literally turn into ghosts. They, my favorite part of this is that um, the CW clearly has no budget. Yeah. So when this guy comes in, um, it's just some actor in a brown cloak and then just, um, I'm guessing, LED lights on his eyes. Yeah. It's so funny. But then they turn into ghosts in which they, uh, you know, just become a little bit brighter and a little see-through. Yeah. So um, they literally become ghosts. They, Yeah, they're like, imagine the Force ghost from Star Wars, but it looks up. worse. Yeah. That's what it looks like. So they walk into the portal with the fairyman as ghosts. They sure do, Robin. So Sabrina says, anyway, can you guys watch over their bodies, make sure nothing bad happens? I'm going to go on a date with my boyfriend. I'm like, Jughead's body, I guess Jughead's body consented to that. I guess. I guess. 
because he said it was okay. He did. So they're like, where should we go? Is there any place yummy? And they don't say Pops for some reason and they go to Cucina Sucasa instead. Yeah, whose idea was Cucina Sucasa? Don't know. I'm just gonna guess. She just says, is there anywhere yummy? And then they cut it, so. Okay. Okay. That's part one. (laughs) Hey, and we got through it. And it gets weirder. Yeah, that's not even the tip of the friggin' iceberg. Yeah. Before we go into part two, we'll talk about Patreon real quick. Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash youfictionados. We really appreciate your help if you have the means. Uh, The $1 a month level gets you early access to every podcast. $2 is our Discord server. $5 is 10% off at a bunch of cute little small businesses, including mine, Brittany's, and our lost co-hosts, Casey's. So 10% off on all of those places at the $5 a month level. And then the $10 a month level is uh, OK Love You High, which is our Patreon-only podcast, which comes out every two weeks. It's about 45 minutes in. It's just about various topics that people suggest that we feel like talking about. So yeah, check it out. If you can't uh, help us out on Patreon, maybe check out our small businesses. That's another way that you can support us. And um, if not, uh, recommending us to a friend is free. So yeah, we'd really appreciate it. Whether it be this one or any of our other podcasts that we'll talk about in the outro. Yeah, thank you. And Brittany covered part two. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. Okay. So we're in Archie's suite hereafter. Yeah. Veronica shows up at the door. Archie answers it. They hug and he's like, oh, like, what are you doing here? Like, thinking that she's the Veronica from, like, his Mm -hmm. heaven. And he's like, oh, you know, you live down the street. And she's like, yeah, no, I don't. I'm actually from the real world, and I need you to come back and fight Percival. I thought Archie's like, oh, okay. (laughs) I mean, like, what's, oh, oh, okay. And she's like, the real Betty needs you. And he's like, "Mm, but Betty's right here, and also we have children? Yeah. So, what? What am I supposed to do? And she's like, you need to fight for peace in the real Riverdale. Betty arrives home and she's like, oh, it's so nice to see you, Veronica. Do you want to come for dinner? And Veronica's like, yeah, I actually can't stay yeah. um, on account of um, you're not real. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how later when we see her again, she's just like, is it because of what Veronica said? So Archie was like, Ugh, Veronica said that she's from the living world and I need to go because there's a battle. And Betty was like, mm, okay. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Sam pointed out when we were watching, I thought was really great was she said it's really nice that Veronica is still around in Archie's heaven. Yeah. I thought that was really nice. I agree. And I also thought it was interesting that Archie remembers them fighting and winning this war that they're fighting. Yeah. Archie has like a, each, each of them, each of the ones who died have sort of quote unquote memories of their lives, Mm -hmm. but they're not overly complete. Yeah. And that comes into play later. Yeah. Anyway, Archie does kind of refuse Veronica. He doesn't really believe her. And Veronica says, okay, just think about what I said. Yeah. So baby Anthony, who is a grown man, Mm -hmm. (laughs) tells Tony and Fangs that he and Tommy Twist are in love. Yeah. I actually love this. Yeah, like... It's like, a whole family full of queers. Well, the thing is, I was going to be like, oh, he's just a teen. But then when he's like, we're going to get married, I was like, oh, so how old are you? I don't know. <laughs> I That guy looks old. I'd say maybe not, like maybe 20 or yeah. something. I don't know. But they're thrilled. They're so excited. Yeah, they're super excited. Anthony's like super relieved because, you know, uh, two different uh, families, mm-hmm. both alike in dignity. Yeah. Cheryl in arrives. Verona, we said our first. Exactly. Cheryl arrives and she's like, and pops their happy little bubble. Yeah. She said, actually, you guys didn't make it out of your wedding. You were actually murdered at your wedding. And you're in heaven. Yeah. And Cheryl's like, and Tony's like, that's not right. That's not right. Because I remember going to the Poconos. Yeah. So whatever. 
I know that you said that she pops their bubble, but what she actually does is uh, an actual record scratch. Oh my god, I forgot about the freaking record scratch. <gasps> the no, guys, they did a record scratch yeah. sound effect. Mm-hmm. I was- know they've done it before, but every time they do it, I'm like, this is insane. This is so funny. Yeah. Cheryl basically ends up pleading to their sense of parental responsibility and saying, you real baby Anthony needs you in the real world. He's, he's an orphan. He doesn't have any, fa- yeah. any parents. I know you would not leave your child alone. Mm-hmm. Fangs, who I guess has had run-ins with Heaven Cheryl, does not like Heaven Cheryl and says, you're probably just doing this to split, to split us up. And I'm like, well, that doesn't seem beyond the realm of possibility. Yeah, it, it sucks that he's so negative about it, especially because, like, the Shonies are being slapped in the face a lot recently. Oh, the Shonies deserve so much um, better than this. I am so sorry, my friends. I, I am with you on the battlefield. But I also see where he's coming from in the way that, like, Cheryl is constantly trying to do chaotic things that... Yep. That break them up. Like, she quite literally, like, cursed baby Anthony by accident a couple And then officiated ago. their wedding. So, yeah. like, make it make sense. Yeah. Anyway, Fangs is like, you're trying to break us up just like you did Polly and Jason. And Cheryl's like, second Excuse? record scratch. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Polly and Jason are here because this is heaven. Got it. Gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> she does um, say, uh, hey, Tony, think about it. Yeah. Tabitha arrives at Jughead Suite hereafter. Mm-hmm. He is at Pops in the middle of a book signing. Tabitha can't bring herself to pull him out of heaven quite yet, so she decides to take a seat at the bar where she finds guardian angel Raphael, which she remembers from Rivervale. Yes. One of the questions that we had was, is, do they even still have the pop set? I guess they do. And it's clear that they do. So that kind of gives me hope that maybe we will get the actual pop set back at yeah. the end of the season. That would make me so happy. Um, but I'm also like, so was it demolished for for the railroad? Or like, is it I don't still? know. I don't know. But I thought that the, it was so cute that the fan that Jughead's talking to also has a little crown. And then like Cole like points to his crown and that guy's crown and shows them both have crowns. It's so cute. They're stands. Um, and you know, the kids says that it, it all of his comics really helped him out of a lot of hard times and Jughead is like so happy because that's all he like ever wanted was to like help people with his stories that he tells you know yes so that makes sense that oh and I thought it was funny that the guy was like the glads are like my best friends and Jughead's like me too because they, he literally wrote it's <laughs> his really, best friend it's very sweet yeah it reminds me of, I feel like it's a little bit of self-inserting like yeah Roberto sort sure. of thing and it's sweet yeah and then um the fan is named Fran which is Fran the fan. Bus of course. Yes. Bus of course. Bus of course. Bus of course, buddy. My last question was about the scene was about Raphael. So Raphael's like, you finally made it to heaven because we know that he's an angel. But she's like, are you Raphael? And it makes sense that she's like, oh, that's weird because she like kind of remembers it from like an alternate universe. But also she met Raphael when she was traveling through time as Betty and as Tony and as Jughead. Oh, that's right. She just didn't see him as his actual self. Well, she didn't see him as that self, so she would have to still clarify. Yeah. Yeah. It's believable. Okay, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll allow it. Yeah. So Cheryl arrives at Thornhill, where Jason, Polly, Dagwood, Nana Rose are all alive. Chilling. Yeah. She wants to know how everyone's doing. They're all thriving. The maple business is booming. And she says the most, like, bummer phrase, which is that the trees are swollen with sap. And gross. I'm like, ew, gross. Yeah, yuck. Also, <laughs> Polly's pregnant with triplets. But she's not at all showing, so no. it's like, okay, but... Uh, at what point, how no. big do you have to be to, like, get an ultrasound to know that you're pregnant with triplets? I feel like, like come you, on. you'd know pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. I thought it was weird that Nana Rose and Dagwood are here, but not Juniper. And, like, I know that she's not dead, but neither is Betty. And she was in Archie's heaven. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So it was kind of weird that Juniper wasn't there. But also, maybe they just didn't pay the girl who plays Juniper. Because we see Dagwood all over the place. So I wonder if they just didn't pay Juniper for this episode. They're cutting corners. Yeah. They got to. They got no money. Yeah. Cheryl is so shocked that Polly and Jason are there. And she's actually just so happy 
happy than they're happy. Mm-hmm. Polly says that Cheryl can stay with them, but Cheryl says her time in the sweet hereafter is only temporary. I was kind of worried that Cheryl was just gonna stay there and, like, be dead for a second. I, yeah, I also kind of thought that, but I think Cheryl just has too much unfinished business. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to see everybody, though. Yes. Which I really, I like seeing characters I that, agree. that left for a long time. And I just wanted to say that I'm really happy that Jason doesn't speak in this episode. It, like, I appreciate them honoring the fact that it was just a hundredth episode thing. That's true. Yeah, it kind of was just a hundredth episode mm-hmm. thing, wasn't it? And thank goodness. Yeah. If he talks next episode, did he talk outside of the hundredth episode and I complained about it? I feel like I remember that. I feel like yes. Or maybe I did. Anyway, if he talks next episode, I'm going to be okay with it because it's like, then it's like a Rivervale thing only. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah, I think he talked in... I feel like he did yeah, I was he did. mad. He did. So Sabrina and Nick go on their date. Nick, of course, is just Cole Sprouse. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, hey, what if we run away together? And, you know, we leave the witches in Greendale and her aunts. And Nick's like, um. And say, who gives a crap about Tabitha and her boyfriend? Yeah. Um, and Nick's like, yeah, this is a stolen body, uh, first of all. We have no future together because death will find us. Yeah. Because you can't outrun it. Which is relevant to the end of the episode. Yeah. Sabrina says that she hasn't forgiven Nick or her aunties for tricking her into this situation. I didn't watch Sabrina. I don't know what that means. I don't know what this means. But if you Uh, did watch Sabrina and this meant something to you, I'm actually really happy for you. Because it must be nice to get I hope this was cathartic. Some closure, yeah. I hope it was cathartic for you. Um, I do think it was kind of a weird choice to have this happen in a different show. A lot of people who watch it probably didn't watch Sabrina. Like, I'm watching it like, I don't know what any of this means. And, you know, it seems to be really emotional, but also, why is this here? Yeah. Because they're doing, like, a comic thing that, like, continues on the story, I guess, or something. I don't know. A graphic novel. No, I looked it up. Oh, okay. And and they do. And they are. But so I'm just like, I'm just not really sure why this is here, especially because- um, I think for the fans and for Roberto to be- to indulge in. Like, I know it's Nick. It's Nick's soul, but it's not the guy who played Nick. No, it's Cole Sprouse. So I'd be like, still- like, it's like when- no, I Kane's know. Kane's body yeah. went into a different mm, guy. Yeah. And then we got the ending, but it wasn't the ending then, we wanted. But it didn't mean anything to no. us because that's not Kane. Yeah. That's Glenn from Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> they still talk about more stuff from Sabrina. And then Nick says that Zelda used to say witches don't cry, which uh, seems like a toxic thing to say. Yeah. So yeah, um, if you watch Sabrina, I'm really happy if that gave you any kind of closure. Yeah. I don't okay. think the Sabrina people are happy either. From yeah. what I've seen, oh. the, I saw someone tweet the pictures of Sabrina and Nick, Nick? <laughs> kissing, and people are just like, answer for your crime. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, like, like writers can't do that. That only works on the page. Yeah. Visually... The audience connects with a face. Yeah. You can't do that. Also, I'm watching it and like, I'm like, oh God, please don't kiss. Because I'm like, that's not, ugh, that's Jughead. Yeah. Ugh, that's Jughead. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, he, he uh, you're, don't kiss somebody else's boyfriend's body. I know that he's not, ugh. It's just weird. He's with Tabitha. It is. Back to this random Reggie storyline, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. It's, it's just like, they're going through the sweetheart and they're like, oh, we gotta do something with Reggie. Oh, but right. right, Reggie's doing something. So Reggie and Marty are celebrating Reggie getting the casino. Mm-hmm. And Marty's like, yeah, I won't be around much longer to celebrate, but I'm really glad that I'm here now. And Reggie's like, no, 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 no. I got a plan. I got you up the list. Don't, don't you spend any time worrying about that. And Marty's like, actually, I don't want that. I'm ready to die. Mm-hmm. You know, I was not a very good dad and I was not a very good person. I think I'm ready for death. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I just like, 
Sure. The thing is that I'm waiting for Marty's apology to be meaningful. I think that's as good as you're going to get. That Well, that's the thing is that, like, I feel like we've gotten Marty being like, I wasn't very good to you, like, three or four times now. Yeah. And, like, the guy who plays Marty is great, and I think he does whatever he can with it. But I'm just like, but when is it going to feel like an actual apology that means something to me? It never I, will. Like, I just, I, st- I can't. Yeah. I still don't forgive Marty for the crap that he did. Yeah. He hasn't, like, words can only go so far. Actions, please, sir. Exactly. I also like, he's like, I want to die with honor. And so basically he's saying, don't kill Kevin for this. <laughs> and now Reggie's like, damn I it, yeah. I was gonna kill Kevin and now I don't know what to do again. Exactly. So Sabrina and Nick say goodbye because the psychopomps are gathering. Again, if you watch Sabrina, that means something to you. Yep. Nick tells Sabrina that he loves her from Death and Beyond and she said she loves him forever and always and then... But it's Jughead! Yeah, it's still Cole Sprouse. <laughs> and then she kisses him goodbye and he goes with the sweet hereafter and I'm I, like, okay! Guys, I didn't watch this show. I don't know. I don't I'm, know what that means. I don't know. I think um the concept of closure would be nice, but you can't just do that with a different face because that's not how human brains work. Because like... I only watched season one, but the psychopomps, like, show up, because, like, I think Ambrose went into, like, was trying to, like, spy on somebody or something, and then the psychopomps showed up because he was, like, in there for too long or something, and it was, like, death coming for him, yeah. and if, the, if too many psychopomps were there, then or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I guess, like, because I think they're, like, in the morgue, and he, like, lies back down, and the psychopomps are there, so basically the psychopomps are, like, showing up to say that his time is once again numbered. Yeah, bury him back, yeah. And so he's dying to give Jughead's body back? Yes. Okay. All right. I didn't watch this show, but I still think it's funny that they immediately abandoned Sabrina and Harvey, which was like the ship from the comics. Yeah, it was, yeah, that was weird. And they got this guy instead, which I think, from what I remember when I watched it, I was just like, this guy is so much more interesting. Yeah, he he and uh, Kiernan had way more chemistry. Yeah. It worked out. Mm-hmm. So Reggie has no idea what to do next because his father isn't oh really God. into the stolen heart <laughs> thing. Yeah. This is one of the moments where I absolutely, I, I straight up screamed. I was like, this show is, is crazy. Yeah. They, like, they make these decisions. And then they do them. Yeah. And then the actors have to do them. So, Reggie's <laughs> conscience manifests inside his puppet doll yeah. and tells him that he can't kill Kevin. The ventriloquism dummy starts talking. Yeah. <laughs> and and Charles uh, Charles has to go over there and talk to the ventriloquism and dummy. And he sells and it. And he does it because Reggie's a crazy... Because Re- Reggie's kind of nutty you know and so reggie like goes over there and is like i'll believe it there's magic right now yep and his conscience is actually super helpful yeah he says hey grab your dad grab kevin leave town because what you think you want is money and power but what you've always wanted is to be a hero oh beautiful it's true i do think it's funny that, that puppet made a point <laughs> when he first like hears it he's just like are you a ghost and, and he's like, like, no, uh, it's, no it's, it's slappy. It's your own voice, dude. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Okay, so Veronica, Cheryl, and Tabitha come back to the dead. Come back from the dead. Uh-huh. None of them succeeded. No. And Tabitha actually didn't even try. No. <laughs> because she was like, he's too happy, so I'm not going to try. Yeah. So there is no sort of convincing them to come back. And Sabrina's like, oh, okay, well, don't worry, because we could just forcefully bring them back. Yeah. I already okay. have a plan. Cheryl has to do it. And Cheryl's like, um, what? Sorry, I, like, I know I'm a witch and stuff, but all I can do is do the fire thing? She's like, I just showed up. I I don't have that much powers. Sabrina then reveals that not only does Cheryl have a pyrokinesis power, she's actually so powerful that she has the gift of the phoenix. Yeah, she has phoenix powers. 
Okay. Okay. Um, again, all of these things come out of absolutely nowhere. It's very funny. Yeah. So Sabrina tells us that the phoenix dies in flames and is reborn from the ashes of its death. So people with the phoenix's powers have the gift of resurrection. Mm-hmm. And that it's very rare. I thought it was funny that Mads had to be like, this is crazy. Which like, yeah, but she's like, but I like it. So what should I do? And I'm like, okay. The show is a show. Yeah. Like she has to be like, this is crazy. And so the audience is like, yeah. And she's like, but let's go with it. And I'm like, okay. All right. If you think so. (laughs) I guess you're a witch with a really rare, powerful ability now. Now do you think- Dumbledore who? (laughs) Yeah. Do you think this is going to come back? Because they say, if you rip them out, they might come back like incomplete and maybe like resent you for the rest of their lives. Yes. And so I'm like, okay, so maybe they might be splinched, but then when we see everybody, they seem to be fine. I think it won't manifest immediately. Yeah. But it'll manifest in who she brings back. Yep. Okay. So what they're gonna do is rip everyone from the suite hereafter. Yeah. But Heather says that their souls, as Robin just said, will return incomplete, and they might resent her. So Sabrina's gonna give Cheryl the incantation to tap into her phoenix ability, because apparently Sabrina could do that. And she just has has that incantation. Yeah. So everyone just pile all the bodies in the same place, and then Cheryl's just gonna burn them. Yep. I thought okay. it was sweet that, you know, when Cheryl was like, what, me by myself? She, Heather, like, went and, like, touched her arm. I thought that was nice. Yes. Yeah. But if their bodies are gone, how did, like, is I don't that know. how she's able to, like, bring back the people who are, like, long, long dead? Like, people whose bodies are fully unavailable, she brings back. I guess somehow. she can, like, manifest them out of the ashes, like she said. Because they have to burn uh, them to create the ashes, yeah. and then the ashes become the bodies. But I'm like... It's magic! But don't all the ashes that we see have to become bodies, you know? No, because like, I, I, I don't... Well, that's probably why they're incomplete. Oh. Yeah. Uh-oh, Cheryl! Uh-oh! Yeah. You took two full people! Exactly. Oh, no. Well, wait, we're not there yet. Okay, okay, okay sorry. So back to the friggin' Reggie storyline. Yeah. Reggie Marty break Kevin out of the safe. Yeah. But then they're caught oh, and then they're all thrown in the safe. <laughs> that's why they're in the casino. That, okay. Yeah. Completely. Yeah, mm-hmm. That completely went over my head. I was just like, why are they even coming through here? Yeah, they gotta go get Kevin. But um, anyway, they all get thrown back in the safe and that's the end of that scene. Done. But I think it's so weird that Tom and Frank show up and they're like, you're trespassing. Actually, that's Reggie's property. It's, we just established that Reggie is literally CEO and uh, it's literally, but okay. I'm fairly certain it's just um Percival's property now. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> So Cheryl recites the Phoenix spell and begins to burn the bodies yeah. in the mines. Uh, seeing her there, like, surrounded by dead people. It's pass, weird. Pass. Scary. No. We are then... So they then reveal that actually Archie was preparing to return to his body anyway because he thought about what Veronica said and he actually... He can't leave a war. Yeah. Like, he can't not fight in a war. Good guy, Archie. Yeah. But he does start to burn from the inside and he gets... He starts feeling really weird. Yeah. Tony and Fangs are heating up as well. Um, I Tony, like that I like that Archie was in his military uniform to go to war. Yes. I thought that was so cute. Tony is flipping through their wedding album and noticing that everything after their wedding is blank. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So mm-hmm. she's like, okay, so we are dead. And yeah. that something did go wrong here. At Pops, Jughead begins to feel the fire. And in the mortal realm, the flames around Cheryl turn blue. Poor. Because she uses the phoenix's power. Yeah. And then this weird CGI phoenix comes out of the flame. And it goes, ah! And then it flies. But I guess it works and all everyone comes back to life except there's some extras now. I feel bad for Jughead because, like, at least Tony Fangs and Archie were like, okay, well, I should probably go because they told me to. Like, I mean- Jughead did not want to go. Jughead had no idea that that was going to happen because he thought, okay, well, I told Sabrina that that was fine and that she could take my body, so we're good. And then he just, like, gets ripped out, which I feel Honestly, I need Tabitha to read Jughead- 
to filth over mm-hmm. what, like, him yeah. just up abandoning her. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that he's back so that she can beat his ass. And all the people, like, coming back in blue flame, and you're like, oh, It looks boy. so stupid. But, like, yeah, she brings back two extra people, but we don't see them here. No, we don't. They, I guess she does it after. Yeah, she must yeah. have done it after, yeah. So Sabrina says that she regrets not getting the chance to see Cheryl in action, and I'm like, why didn't you just go we, watch well, them? Well, she said she has to do it her and her alone. Okay. But don't know why. But she's like, hey, I hope that you don't get in trouble for what you did, because Death audi- doesn't like to be cheated. Yeah. And, and the I'm audience like, doesn't know what that means yet. Okay. She couldn't see Cheryl in action because she was canoodling. Chuck <laughs> it! <sighs> I would have been significantly less uncomfortable if it had been Archie. I don't know why, <laughs> but I would have. It's because KJ would have been into it. Yeah. <laughs> so Tabitha and Jughead have a talk about Tabitha pulling Jughead from heaven, but before they can really get into the emotional core of, hey, I ripped you from something. Yeah, because he seems really upset yeah, before. Jughead realizes he can hear mm-hmm. and he can read minds. So, hey, maybe he doesn't have to go back to dying because he no longer has a disability. Yeah. Each, Roberto. So we've just erased it, and now everything's good again. Before, I was happy to be dead. And now, I am don't want to die because I am not deaf anymore. I'd rather be dead than be deaf. Shut up. Yeah. Hated that. Anyway, Tabitha says, hey, maybe the Phoenix Powers reset his systems. He's not a computer. Yeah. Okay. Before the scene ends, Jugga goes, hey, wait a minute. Before I died, I saw another Jughead. And then that's the end of that scene. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They said, so that's a problem for tomorrow. Yep. So Heather and Cheryl have a little talk about the sweet hereafter. And Cheryl says that it was painful to see her family happy without her. And Cheryl says, you know, what if they were given a second chance too? And Heather's like, like, huh? Heather's like, no, 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 wait, no, 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 bestie. They've been dead for a really long time. Like, they are far past being able to be brought back. It's like 10 years coming on for Jason, right? Like, yeah. And Cheryl's like, well, I had to try. And so surprise, Cheryl has brought Polly and Jason back from the dead. But I'm also like, I mean, we already talked about this, but like, how are their bodies like that? Polly's body was in a million pieces because she was killed by the trash bag killer, right? Like, listen, we can't get hung up on this. The logic will never work out. But I'm also like, are they the same age that they were when they died? died, Because Polly was significantly more like, because now like Jason died when he was like... 15. Oh, then maybe she aged them up to where they're supposed to be. Yeah, because Jason died when he was 15 and Polly was like 25 when she died. Yeah. I know that we get to see Betty's reaction to seeing Polly, but I'm like, Alice's reaction to seeing Polly, please. Can that finally snap her out of everything? That would be cool. Yeah. I hope so. But Heather's clearly not into it. She's like, this is a bad idea. Archie tells Betty that his idea of heaven was being married to her and having two kids is extremely cute. That was literally his heaven. Heaven is a place on earth. Yeah. And so I guess Veronica told Betty about that, which was cute. Yeah. He tells her about what their names of their children were. And she oh, goes, yeah, Betty's oh, boy. Like, you could have done better. <laughs> She's like, oh, boy, those are not creative. That, that was, was that was not good. We we appreciate a self-referential moment. I can't yeah. say that word, but and, you know what I meant. And then they have this music that's, like, very classic. Riverdale's gonna do a sex scene, but then they, <laughs> they cut God. away. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. I did not want to watch more people have sex. Yeah. So Tabitha and Veronica have a sit down. Everyone else is reunited and Veronica's alone. And she's now dealing with the fact that Barchi is endgame. And yeah. isn't that just so sad for she's her? Like, and I'm like, I'll probably plan their wedding. I was like, like Bestie. You're good at that. Bestie, he wasn't right for you. Mm-hmm. You wanted different things. I understand that you may still be in love with him. But what? <gasps> Reggie gets put on the guillotine and Veronica goes, wait, I love him. That's what I want. I just, cool. I'm just trying to get Veggie back together in any possible way that yeah, I can. Why not? 
Tabitha says, hey, in like most of the future scenarios that I saw, Varchi is endgame. But. but JK, because in like half of them, Varchi was endgame. So, so you may still, still have a air. shot. And I'm like, okay, so we really are just going to go ahead and do the whole love triangle thing. You know, why Continuing not? It's an Archie on. comic staple. But like Sam said, surely if Archie's literal heaven is being with Betty, that must mean something, you know? Yeah, it means that Archie is in love with Betty and yeah. wants Betty. So then you gotta wonder what's gonna happen with Veronica now. Right, or like, does Archie get with Veronica because Betty died? Like, what happens? It makes me really sad that the show can't figure out anything to do with Veronica other than make her storyline about men. Yeah, so true. Yeah. It's about Hiram, it's about Archie, it's about Reggie. When's it gonna be about Veronica? Never, at this point. Literally never. So Tom, Frank, and Percival visit Kevin, Reggie, and Marty. That's your son, Tom! That's just so many of them. And Percival's like, I'm gonna execute you! And Tom's like, okay, <laughs> you can kill my son. Bye, Kev. That's not you, Tom. Yeah. Up. Li- they literally go to the jail, they say, we're gonna kill you, and then they leave again. Yeah. And Reggie's Tomorrow. like, Reggie's like, hey, by the way, don't worry about it, because I have one of Percival's weird dagger things, so we're gonna be good. Okay! Yeah, he's like, it's not gonna help us get out of here, but we can stab somebody with it. And I'm like, okay, so the plan is next time someone comes in, we stab them? I guess. There, there could be three or more people, you have one dagger. We'll see. Good and luck. We'll see. Good luck. So Tabitha then pays a visit to Tony and Fangs, and she says, hey, I learned a few things <laughs> in heaven. Baby Anthony didn't die, you know, from the whole thing, because Baby Anthony is actually immortal. Yeah. Baby um, Anthony is immortal. She said yeah. that. Baby Anthony is immortal, and, and Jason and Polly are back from the dead, mm-hmm. and, um... Reggie talks to ventriloquist dummies. And Sabrina kissed Jughead, and, and that's what you missed on Glee! And Cheryl... Oh, wait, there's one more. And Cheryl made a phoenix out of fire. Yeah, Cheryl is secretly a really powerful witch, and Tabitha is the guardian angel of Riverdale. Yeah. And uh, that's what you missed on Glee. It is, it's Glee. Most importantly it's in this Glee. scene, um, Anthony has these little rainbow sheets. And he's like, oh, really he's a little fruit! So cute. I talked about this last episode, but like, I love Tony and Fangs just as much as the next person. What, but what made Tony and Fangs so special and important that they gave birth to an immortal child that was like the chosen one of all things? You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, goddammit, Robin. I don't know. <laughs> like, if it was, if it was Betty and Archie, I'd believe it because this show thinks that Archie's Jesus, you know? Yeah. You know what? I like that it's Tony and Fangs. I do like I that. I know that it doesn't make like, sense. What? And I understand the question you're asking. Yeah. However, I am just going to go with it no. because bi-wife energy and bi-husband energy mm-hmm. is, that's the magic. Mm-hmm. That's the magic! I was literally about to say it's because they're bi for bi. They're, yeah. they're, it's too bi. It's bi for bi and they came together and they made a little fruity baby and the lesson here is that gay people, is gay people make magic. Yeah. And right. you know how else I know that? Because Cheryl is a phoenix. Uh, all the gay people have all the good powers. Yeah, they're like, um, they're just standing in the background. I don't know that man. <laughs> let's go into segments, Brittany. Hey, let's do it. So my first segment is which character needs a hug the most. Um, I'm going to give it to Tabitha. Yeah. I'm going to give it to Tabitha. really needs it. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Tabitha. I love you, Tabitha. I'm so sorry, bestie. And my segment is which MILF was the most badass. Tony, next question. <laughs> when when there's only one MILF Hang on, to be you seen. Know, I, think I feel like I'm going to have to change a segment to mm-hmm. what awesome thing did Tony do this episode? Mm. And it was... Getting feedback, listening to the feedback, and then acting on the feedback, and also made a gay little baby. Yeah, um, was totally nice and chill when her baby came out to her. Nice. 
Yeah. Sam? Sam, what are you shipping the most? Barchi, because, duh. And then also, uh, Shoni out of spite, because, like, I do love Tony and Fangs, but I'm, like, I feel sad. Yeah. I feel like dirty. I feel like the writers hate Shoni shippers or something. Like, Mm -hmm. it was, that was a lot of what it was. It's like, okay, Fangs, like, I see your point, but you don't gotta say it out loud. It honestly feels like the writers are trying to get the Shonies to hate Drew. And I hope people treat Drew nicely because it's not his fault, you know? Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of Fangs hate recently. Fangs is a perfectly nice guy. No, I know, but he's the one who's gotten in the way of, to- of Shoni. Oh, don't be immature. Oh my God. Is Chick dead or what? I don't know. Is Hiram dead? Probably not. Probably see him in the next three episodes. Here's the thing. Roberto friggin' said Hiram isn't dead. Yeah. How the hell is he going to fit back into this world? <laughs> I'm just going to show up and he's going to be like, what happened? You know what? Luckily, Veronica will just breathe on him and kill him again. Yeah. Cool. And now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Nick <laughs> and <laughs> Betty for... What's up, ladies? Oh, yeah, that's definitely not Jughead. <laughs> it's not, certainly. Oh, my God. Yeah. And my best line award goes to Percival and Reggie for... Now, did you enjoy your trip to Rome? Everything except for the part when I got home and a bunch of my high school friends were dead. I, poor Reggie. <laughs> Reggie's going through it this episode, but not as much as Tabitha. Everyone, everyone else gets magical powers. Reggie learns puppeteering. Yeah. Ventriloquism. Uh, all right, so for the trailer. what the word was. Got it. Cool. For the trailer, the blurb for the trailer is, uh, the ultimate man of mystery. Archie and the gang gather intel about Percival so they can better understand where he came from and use that to their advantage. However, when their plan results in an unexpected outcome, the gang is left having to pay a terrible cost. I'll have you know, the ultimate man of mystery is Austin Powers. I will not stand for Austin Powers slander. All right. Thank you. I'm very old. All right. I feel like Cheryl is going to sacrifice herself and die. Mm. I feel like Jughead's going to do that because someone needs to let Cole leave that show before he kills someone. (laughs) I'm worried. Yeah. Um, Somebody's gonna die. The episode is called The Return to Rivervale, so I feel like the ultimate, or the unexpected outcome is that Rivervale, like, spills into, or, I don't know. Or or are we only seeing Bunker Jughead and that's the return to Riverdale and that's it? Like, I don't know. Remember when the show was about teenagers in yeah. high school? Mm-hmm. I, th- I, I still like this better, but you do gotta just I sit do, in awe at how far it changed. I do miss the old days. There are a lot of things I miss about the old days. I kind of just wish they'd established it as Supernatural from the beginning. Yeah. And then I think it would have flowed better because when you get seven seasons in, you wonder if the writers have lost their minds. Right. And I feel like maybe. Maybe. Who knows? And if they did, that's their prerogative. If they did, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I'm having a good time. So in the trailer, we see Nana, Jason, and Polly in Thornhill. Betty sees Polly and says, Polly, is that really you? We see Tabitha and Jughead in the bunker and Rivervale Jughead is in there like chomping on some food and says, you can't be in this universe. And regular Jughead says, okay, hi, (laughs) I am. I'm Um, really excited for Cole to get to do that. I feel like that's a fun little acting exercise. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are three guillotines at the casino. Um, (laughs) One for Reggie, Marty, and Kev. Tom and Frank are just standing around. I'm like, wake up. The Dilfs of Riverdale are letting me down. It's true. I'm sad. Um, And Veronica says, are those guillotines? Then we see creepy Betty with a crown on with blood pouring out of her mouth. Again, congratulations to Lily. This is bisexual dreams Mm. of getting to do like the pirate slash prince, evil princess fantasy. This has to be like 601 Riverdale Betty or something. Yeah. Because I don't see regular Betty doing that. No. Archie says there's still time. 
Cheryl says to do what? Archie says to build a bomb, and then Archie blows up the railroad. I just want to say, Archie and Cheryl together is an underrated duo mm-hmm. of chaos. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music, it's Terminal by Good News Tunes. And hey, thanks to Sam for hanging out in the background of this whole podcast. That's my baby. You're welcome. If <laughs> What was that? I don't know. You're, You're welcome. welcome. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show, too. It's, in fact, all I think about lately. Mm-hmm. We have covered seasons one, two, three, and will our season four be out by now? Uh, Probably not. Our thoughts on, on volume two will be out. Yes. Um, but we're but gonna not be, the whole thing, We're going to be covering season four next year. We did preliminary thoughts on the season. Um, my preliminary thoughts are Jobber. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. Um, we did seasons one to three. It's almost over. It's our longest podcast, most big brain podcast. Guests over there and a spoiler section at the end. So if you want to watch along with us, I'd be honored. If you're a fan of The Hundred, we did seasons four to seven as they were airing. And now we are going back to do seasons one to three, um, as a catharsis for how much they hurt us. Speaking of shows that lost their minds in the back two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> you can also review us wherever you're listening. That would be really nice. Yeah. You can follow the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr, Tumblr, Instagram, and Inst. No, I know all the things, but I'm trying not to say all of the ones that I usually say because we don't use those websites. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Our Patreon, like I said earlier, is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating. It is expensive to do. It is um, free for you to listen to, but it's not free to make, and we really appreciate your help. If you can't help us out on Patreon, just recommend this to a friend. That's free. It's true, it is. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A, and unlike my wife, I am not verified. What about that underscore at the end? Oh, I guess there's an underscore at the end. <laughs> and you can follow my shop at Visit Binnyland, which you should because I make cool stuff. It's all in the description. You guys should definitely check it out. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-Y. Pretty much everywhere. Hey, are you verified? No. Hmm. Thanks for bringing it up, though. So sorry. Our next episode is episode 620. It is called The Return to Rivervale. Unclear if it's an actual reference to something, but that is what it's called. Sure. Sure. I actually think Return to Riverdale was a TV movie at one point. Or was it to Riverdale and back again? We already had an episode called to Riverdale there and back There you go. Again. That's why. All right. So three more episodes. We can do this. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.